coming to you from beyond the veil, where anything is possible and nothing is beyond your reach, where time and space are figments of your imagination and life is but a dream. Open your minds, open your hearts, and get ready for a one-way trip into the unknown. This is Messages from the Multiverse with Ian R. Anderson, Certified Hypnotherapist. Hello and welcome to Messages from the Multiverse. Here at Hypnotropia, we always strive for excellence. We believe that excellence is something that every human being is capable of achieving. If you feel like your life, your work, your attitude, or your relationships are less than excellent, contact us through our website, www.hypnotropia.com. That's H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A.com. Or contact me directly at ian at hypnotropia.com to schedule a free phone consultation so we can show you how hypnotherapy can be used to help you manifest and maintain excellence in any and every area of your life. There is no reason why you can't have it all. There is no reason why the word can't should even be in your vocabulary. And if you're a student or teacher, police officer or firefighter, soldier or veteran, we have special rates for you. We specialize in using hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming, and therapeutic imagery to address issues like so-called learning disabilities, PTSD, ADD, ADHD, chronic pain, stress and anxiety, depression and chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and more. We also specialize in using hypnosis to enhance creativity, improve memory, efficiency, and work performance, increase sales, add richness and appreciation to your life, and open your heart to spirit. Whatever your goals are, hypnotropia can help you achieve them. Well, speaking of opening your heart to spirit, our guest for this episode has written a book that can help you with just that. Diana Kaysen took her first step on her 25-year path in metaphysical studies in her early 20s. She began using what she was learning to manifest what some would call lucky sales, success, money, and other material achievements. She also began using what she was learning to manage relationships, her attitude, vibration, and energy. She would share with anyone who was interested that they could do it also. In time, Diana began writing, developing, and facilitating workshops and doing a bit of life coaching. Life happened, and though she didn't stop seeking more understanding of things of a metaphysical nature, more alignment, more spiritual connection, more feeling of good, she stopped facilitating workshops for a while. Then, life brought her back full circle with some life-changing circumstances and challenges, Her desire for expansion and understanding became stronger, and in that process, she returned to what makes her heart sing, connecting with Source slash Spirit and sharing the way with others. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area near her family. Her website is www.vibrationmastery.com. Here is Diana Kaysen, author of Game Changers, Simple Easy Tools to Shift Your Energy, Your Attitude, and Your Vibration in Minutes. Hi, Diana. Welcome to Messages from the Multiverse. Thanks for taking the time to come on here and talk to us. Hi, Ian. Thank you, and thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here to share with you and with the the multiverse. Absolutely. Thank you. So uh, we're here to talk about your book, um, Game Changers, Simple, Easy Tools for Shifting Your Energy, Your Attitude, and Your Vibration in Minutes. Great job on the book, by the way. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about what inspired you to write this book and what you hope people will get from the book. What was your intention in writing the book? Sure, sure, Ian. I originally wrote this book as a booklet handout to give to 
those who were participating in a forgiveness workshop I was doing. And, and the reason I did that is because what I know from my own experience is that oftentimes we have an awakening experience or a workshop, and then we go back to our regular lives, and vibration uh, mastery, what I have discovered, happens on a daily basis, moment by moment. We can have a shift during a workshop, during church, during some kind of a spiritual experience, but what happens on our daily journey is what really makes an impact on our vibration. So an editor for a very large, well-known um, international book um, asked me if I could expand it, and she wanted to publish it as a, a book for mass distribution. So that was the original purpose of the book. And what prompted me is really through my own spiritual journey, my own awakening, um, that started in my early 20s and really wanted it to make um, things simple and easy for people who either, number one, they want to feel better, number two, they want to have better results in their lives, or number three, that they want to have an experience of that spiritual connection that we um, often hear other people talk about. Great. Yeah. And, I, and as a, a healer and a therapist myself, I have found the book to be very uh, applicable to what I do. And I connected with it really strongly because uh, a lot of the things that you talk about in the book, the, the techniques and the tools are things that took me about 15 to 18 years to, to learn, to become good at and to find in all the different places where these things can be found. They're kind of scattered around from you know, ancient writings through new age things and different types of therapy and ways of approaching change and things like that. So to see all of this in one book and to see it put forward in such an easily applicable way was really nice. And, you know, through all the mindfulness and inner exploration that I've done in all these years, um, it's almost like a, like a little bit of a, a handbook for you know, the things that I learned and what I went through, through this experience too. And it's something that now people can really easily share with other people by referring them to your book. Well, that's, that's great to hear, Ian, because a, a part of the intention of this book is, is to really demystify what we've heard over the years about positive mental attitude, about enlightenment, about connection with spirit, about uh, what some religious people call that close relationship with God, all of that seemed a mystery to me until just the past few years. And what I really want to communicate to people is this, having your life go well for you is no mystery. There's no secret. Everything is right here in front of us. We have more resources now available to us than we have ever had before on this planet that I'm aware of anyway. Mm -hmm. And it is no mystery. It's, it, it's uh, not always easy, but it's very simple. It takes some practice. And it takes a little bit of work, but we can all do this. Yeah, it's really all so about it's, it's just making to hear. an effort, isn't it? it? It is, yes. It's about making an effort. And I think even more than that is that people decide to make an effort when they decide that they want to feel good, mm. that they want to have life be well for them. And when you choose that desire from your heart, the universe will rush in with resources and will nudge you and call you toward the manifestation of it. So even before the willingness to put the work in is 
deciding what you want, paying attention to how you feel, and then trusting the universe to bring it to you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that people come up against a lot when they are in the the healing or therapy uh, field of work is the, the yeah, but response, the excuse that, you know, a lot of people have, they say, yeah, but it's, it's really not the right time or it's so much work or I'm not really sure where to start. And your book, it really kind of gives us a way to get around that response and to actually help people find somewhere to start because there are so many great techniques that really you can do in a few minutes or, you know, 30 seconds. And, and one thing that you touch on during the, or in your book is the, um, the on the way time and how to use that. Can you talk a little bit about on the way time and what that means? Absolutely, Ian. And what it, what it has really become obvious to me is that we're doing this already. We already are using our minds to create our reality. But in most cases, we're doing, by, doing it by default. And the typical human default response to life is to complain, is to tell our uh, someone done me wrong story, to we have trained ourselves to agree with other people about how bad things are, how bad we are, or how bad that person is. And on the way time means, and you know, vibration mastery, it happens in your car when you're on the way to work. It happens when the guy on the freeway pulls out in front of you and cuts you off. It happens in the restaurant when you're waiting for your meal and the waitress doesn't get your order right. When you're at the bank in line, vibration mastery happens moment by moment by moment. So if we can instead choose what we're going to think and how we're going to respond, then we train ourselves to have a different perspective of life and we start to have a different perspective of life, then we come closer into alignment with that which we call source. And that which we call source is a feeling. We know it by the way we feel. And it's a feeling of good. It's a feeling of well-being. It's a feeling that all is well. And sometimes you can sense that feeling in your body physically. And sometimes it's just a thought, a knowing. So let's do it on the way. When you're at the grocery store in the line, what kind of energy are you emitting to the checker, to the person in front of you, to the person in the 15 items or less line who obviously has 30 items? (laughs) So we're doing it all day every day and so why not choose the thoughts that help you to feel better complaining really does not help you feel better it creates a vibration that creates more to complain about so when you feel good on purpose then the universe the laws of the universe will multiply that and then you'll notice and bring into your experience more to feel good about okay good and so this um, choosing how we project our energy to, to choose to feel good, this is at the root of our ability to, to create our own reality, isn't it? The reality that we decide, Absolutely. the reality that we choose. Absolutely. So it's, it's not just a cliche that we create our own reality. It's, it's actually a literal truth then, isn't it? It is an absolute literal truth. 
from my observation and my experience. Yes. So since we're all creating our reality and we all live in a world together, how can we help others by applying your tools so that we all can create together a better world? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Ian, because oftentimes those of us who feel called, uh, sometimes we call ourselves light workers, or maybe we've had an awakening, we want to save the world. And mm-hmm. some very clear messages that I have received is save yourself first. Tend to your own vibration. If you want to help your brothers and sisters on the planet to wake up, wake up. What are you giving your time to? What are you giving your attention to? Are you going within? That is the best thing we can do to help the planet is to go within and wake ourselves up, be aware, connect, meditate, be kind. Loving kindness is such a powerful, powerful state of being and is one of the closest that is in alignment with source energy. We also come into the recognition that everything affects everything else. So by your own awakening, you help the planet. You don't have to teach anybody anything. No one needs anything. The best way to help others wake up is to wake up. Okay, so... Tend to your own vibration, so to speak. It all starts with us, then. Absolutely. It all starts within ourselves. And so that, that means that putting ourselves first and taking care of ourselves first is not as selfish as some people might think, is it? (laughs) That's a lesson that I continue to deepen for myself, Ian. Yes, because in our society, we're taught to be selfless, we're taught to sacrifice, we're taught to put others first, and this has been a challenging lesson for me to learn, and I continue to learn it, that it's okay to put me first. So, yes, being, being selfish, you know... Really, I, I don't even, I really don't have that word in my, my vocabulary anyway, mm-hmm. because when people say that, they mean something a little bit different than I do. Right, yeah. So, yes, yes, we're the most important person. And that's kind of a hard thing, you know, when you have someone who counts on you or when you have children, when you have, uh, you know, in my case, I also have grandchildren. It, it requires a trust that they have an inner being. They have spirit within, within them as well. And they know how to take care of themselves. Sometimes when we feel that we need to take care of them, we disempower them. They don't need, they don't need you. They don't need me. They don't need us. What they need from us is loving kindness and to hold them in a space of handling their lives. And we rob them of that opportunity when we think that we have to do it for them. Good point. That makes a lot of sense, especially because, you know, they are, watching and learning from our interactions with people and also how we interact with ourselves, how we care for ourselves and how we speak to ourselves. They see all that and they mimic and mirror a lot of the things that they see the people around them doing. So the best way to help them is to lead by example. And I guess that's probably the best way to to live your life if you want to help everyone else, isn't it? Just be the best that you can be. Absolutely. And if we look around, we, we, we can see the evidence of it. For example, I'm sure you've probably walked into a party um, and people will be grouped at different tables. And you'll notice that the energy is different at different tables. 
Have you ever been around someone and you just feel uplifted every time you're with them? Or you're with a, a person who every time you're with them, you feel like you want to take a shower when you leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing. We're, we're, we're all emitting a vibration, what I will call a thought atmosphere. So this is how we can see the evidence that everything affects everything else. What I do, my evolvement will affect your evolvement. Your evolving will affect my evolving. So light begets light. Light will spread and it's contagious. Also, what can be t- contagious is what we would call negative energy. You know, people can start a conversation and complaining. Politics is a really good example in our world today. It, it, people like to jump on bag- bandwagons. Most people do not think for themselves. Well, it's time that we wake up and think for ourselves and feel for ourselves. We can be a catalyst. We're already a catalyst. We can choose to be a catalyst for something light and love and good to happen, or we can be a catalyst in perpetuating the wrong that we see in the world, the what doesn't work in the world. Either way, we're a catalyst. So why not be a catalyst for what you want, for what feels good, for what works for you? Great. Yeah, that that actually brings us to the topic of manifesting. Uh, because one thing that I tell pretty much everybody that I work with in my practice is that if you want to be a catalyst for change or to be a catalyst for manifesting certain things in the world, whether it be success and happiness or abundance or, you know, some sort of any kind of reality, really, whatever it is, that um, the best way we can do that to really magnify our power for to be a catalyst is to get our thoughts and our, our words and our deeds, our actions into alignment with each other. So we are focused, so our energy is focused, so we're not sending mixed messages to the universe. And you address this really beautifully in your book, and I'd love to spend a couple of minutes on it and on the importance of the concept of being in alignment with our thoughts, words, and deeds. Sure. Sure. Did you have a question, or shall I just go? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think uh, is most important about that? You, know, you, you, talk a, you talk a good deal about it, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, sure. So, so manifesting is a very interesting, interesting subject. And what I have come to understand uh, recently in the past few years is that oftentimes when what we call manifest, manifestation is something that we can see, touch, taste, and feel. But a manifestation starts as a thought. And when we're wanting to manifest something like a goal or money or a new job or a new car, relationship or whatever, it's very interesting about uh, uh, aligning with, with the energy of that. And where people get hung up is, oh, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, that I want to manifest a new car. And maybe it's way outside of my comfort zone. So the way that I align my thoughts and my feelings and my actions with the energy of the car is by what I think about it. Am I doubting it? Am I looking at the obstacles or the obstructions or the things that are in my way? Have I developed and trained myself to listen to spirit within me, my inner being, that was always guiding me toward what I 
say I want and I'm ready to receive. The other thing about manifesting is that manifestation vibration is not just about aligning your energy with what you want, the feeling of what you want. It's also about being in a state of allowing. And a state of allowing is not so much aligning with having the car. It's aligning who you are as a person. If you want to align your energy with the feel, that good feeling of having the car, but you hate your brother, you're pushing against what you want and you close, you create a gap between you and what you want. So the energy of feeling good, of experiencing joy and forgiveness and acceptance and love now has a different value concept because not only is it what some people would call the right thing to do, but it speeds up the manifestation power. So all the negative energy that we have and that we hold, that we hold on to, the complaining, um, holding on to old past hurts, not letting go, uh, being unwilling to forgive, all of those things impede a manifestation from showing up because they're contrary to the good feeling that you want to have when you have a car. It doesn't mean that you won't have a car. I am very familiar with the doingness aspect of manifesting things in my life. But here's the thing. Being connected to, inner, to my inner being, to source energy, and allowing is way more fun, and it's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Can you talk a little bit about how to get ourselves to the place where allowing is something that comes a little bit more easily, where we can maybe more stop easily. blocking ourselves? Sure. Well, it, you know, in, it, it's a habit of thinking. It's a habit of reaction. And I, I, I'm even reluctant to say that we have been programmed because we come in to a, a certain set of, a set of circumstances we make a statement like, I've been programmed. Well, that's kind of a victim statement. Well, yes, you came into the circumstances, but it's up to you to retrain yourself. So although I have accepted this sort of set of circumstances and being in the world, I can choose to see things different. It starts with the willingness, a willingness to see things differently. Does that make sense so far? Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's um, okay. You know, something that I that I deal with a lot in my practice is um, people who they they have trouble allowing something because they they haven't given themselves the permission to be able to see the reality of it or to to be open to having it. Giving themselves the permission to even relax sometimes is hard because it's so contrary to what people are used to experiencing because of the way our lives are with work and you know, all the traffic and stress and stuff like that, that, you know, kind of gets built on top of us over time. Right. So, so one, one of the, there's a couple ways to do this. And I, I love to give examples and sure. because it makes it real and it makes things a little bit more applicable. For example, in my early sales career, I was just starting to learn about um, these tools, these spiritual laws, these spiritual principles. And I wanted to have a breakthrough about being a top sales performer and making a lot of money. 
So, for example, what I would do is when I would get in my car every morning, I would talk to myself. I, the, the biggest sales job I ever did was my selling me on me, that I am capable. So, again, it takes mindfulness. So in my car, I would have a conversation. I'm, I'm capable. I'm an awesome salesperson. I know what to do. I'm divinely guided by spirit. I don't have to have all the answers. Spirit will show me. So you really start to have a conversation with yourself. And we're already having these conversations. The key is now let's do it on purpose. Let's be mindful. What are we saying to ourselves all day long? And so if, if what we want is not manifesting, could be one of two things. Obviously, there is some resistance about it. So when we make a, a statement and make a decision that we want this, then we tell ourselves, you know, I'm ready to receive this. Start to look for evidence of the guidance. Because here's what I have found to be true, Ian. When you make a decision about what you want and you are clear about that, and you can connect a little bit with the feeling of what it will feel like to have it, and then you let it go, now this is where trust comes in. Because in our society, we're very much a doing-oriented society. We think it's up to us to make it happen. You don't have to know how to make it happen. You don't need to do anything. Go within, listen to spirit. You will be guided to action. And this is very different than what people call motivation because oftentimes people want to manifest something and we try to get ourselves motivated. Well, when you try to get yourself motivated, that is coming from the mind. But when you connect with spirit and you connect with the feeling energy of that that you want, you will be inspired to action. Inspired action is a lot more effective and it's a lot more fun and it is the space of allowing. So allowing, here's an example. Today, I was running a little bit late for our, our interview this evening. And my knee-jerk response was stress. Oh, my God, i got to hurry. I hope there's no traffic, blah, blah, blah. What's going to happen? I'm going to have to change this. I'm going to have to do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I caught myself, took a deep breath. Okay, wait a minute. All right. No, I, spirit's always working in my life. Everything happens for my highest and best good. I am always divinely guided. Okay, let me take a deep breath. This is going to work out fine. This is going to be fine. I'm just going to send in a quick message. What about my 9 o'clock appointment? Oh, you know, let me just let that go. Spirit, I surrender. Help me out here. So it's as simple as taking a deep breath, stepping back, taking yourself out of the situation, and being mindful about what we say to each other. And you can always tell by how you feel. Always tell by how you feel. I was not feeling very happy when I realized I was going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to be a beautiful experience. I had a beautiful experience on my commute and um, felt very connected to spirit and knew that we would have a wonderful interaction that could possibly spread a little bit more light in the world to our brothers and sisters. Great example. So it sounds like what you're saying is that source is within us already. So really all we need to do is just go within and and converse with it yes. for it. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And the more we do it and the more we recognize it, the more we acknowledge it, the more we appreciate it, 
then it, it will magnify our experience of it. The more I express gratitude for spirit in my life, the more I acknowledge, and acknowledge the experience of spirit in my life, I'm, I am empowering myself, and I'm also giving spirit and inviting spirit to be with me and to guide me. And it just multiplies from there. You, you gain momentum, and wow, watch out. Things just happen. Things just unfold. Synchronicities happen. When I started doing this early in my sales career, people would call me lucky. They couldn't figure out how this was happening. And I remember my regional director used to come, and he'd always call me in the office. Diana Kay said, you're always consistently the top one or two. What is your secret? And the very, the very first time I answered him, I was trying to explain to him, well, you know, I use these principles, I'm trusting, I'm doing my part, I'm declaring what I want, I'm feeling the energy of it, I have a plan, I'm allowing, I'm allowing the universe to guide me. Um, no, no, but really, Diana, what's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> so people will ask, oftentimes they don't really, they, 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 those who have ears to hear will hear. And so I boiled it down to it's attitude management. It's just attitude management. And everyone has it within them. Everyone. We all do. We've all experienced it. If you've ever had goosebumps, you've experienced spirit, force within you. If you've ever had um, what people call chicken skin, you've experienced it. If you have a child and you have felt that unconditional love and joy of the moment that they smile at you, you have had the experience of spirit within you. We've all had it. We are just not, we have not trained ourselves to be aware of it and to acknowledge it. How important is self-observation then in this process of attitude control so that we can be aware of what we're doing and, and stop ourselves when we're going off in the wrong direction to bring ourselves back? Well, that's a great question, and because I, I have in the past gotten stuck by trying too hard. It is impossible to control every thought. Mm -hmm. It is impossible, and you will make yourself crazy and create more resistance when you go that route. What happens is if you decide what you want first, spirit, the universe will rush in and the thoughts will come, and then you can just think one good thought about something, and if you can hold that thought and the energy and the feeling of that thought for a half a minute, a minute or so, it will start to, it's like it's energy, it's almost like a magnet. It will start to collect other thoughts like it. It may not be related to the same subject, and that's okay, but it will collect like a magnet other thoughts, and you'll start to gain momentum. And pretty soon you're on what... Um, I guess the best way to describe it would be um, Abraham Hicks' description is one of my favorites. You're on a high-flying disc. You feel great most of the time. Things work out well for you. Things just seem to unfold. Life becomes easy, and it flows. You live life with grace and ease. And when you get in that state and you start to care about how you feel and you start to pay attention to what's happening and how you're reacting, then you start to train yourself to move your vibration. It doesn't mean that you're going to stay in a state of bliss all the time. That's not why we're here, and that's not part of being human. 
but we can embrace our humanness and not judge ourselves for being out of alignment with source and just play with it and have fun and oh there's that human stuff again oh i'm going to have a human moment (laughs) then we don't push against who we are and our own experience of ourselves in the world okay yeah that, that makes a lot of sense good advice thank you so sure. one thing that I, I really wanted to um, talk about was, you know, since you since you went toward the uh, subject of self-judgment is um, a few of the, the techniques and things that you brought up in your book. One of them uh, being the the advice to stop shooting on yourself. Can we talk a little bit about how important <laughs> the, the words that we use are when we speak to ourselves within our own mind? Absolutely. And. I, I want to um, just acknowledge one of my favorite teachers, Reverend Betty Bailey. She was my very first uh, foray into what I'll call metaphysical studies. And she coined that phrase, don't shit on yourself. And I thought it was just hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, and here's the interesting thing. Um, back then, I, I, I thought I knew what that meant. I have a deeper understanding of, of what that means. So the problem with should is that it smacks of expectation. And typically... It is someone else's expectation. Societies, for example, I should lose weight. Well, who says I should lose weight? Well, that statement, it really means nothing to me except for there's something that I ought to be doing I'm not, and I'm probably going to punish myself for it. When I say I should, again, I am saying that I want something, but I'm not willing to do what I need to do to have it. A more effective way of stating a desire is that, you know, I think that I want to do that, but I'm not sure yet. If you should, if you think you should do something and you're not doing, then stop it. Admit to yourself you're not going to do it. And just let that be. Be okay with not doing it. And then you, you set yourself free from your own expectations. Most of our shoulds come from what other people want or think we ought to do. Our parents, society, our government, all of those things disempower us because they're not our true choice. If you choose not to do something, just be honest with yourself about it. You know, I probably would feel better if I lose weight, but I really want to have this candy bar, and I really do not want to walk. I'm okay with not walking and not exercising. You know, I'm going to be a little bit heavy. I'm okay with that. The statement should is pushing against what is, and that's how it's disempowering because we're giving our power away to an idea that we have not embraced ourselves. Okay, so in a sense, it's linked to um, the, the victim aspect of our programming, what we would call our programming then. Yes, our habitual way, habitual way of thinking in the world. And it's very interesting when other people should on you. Unless someone is your employer or you are someone's child, it is none of your business what other people should do. Unless they've asked you for, their in, for, their, for your input. It's not your business. It is not your business. You do not know what someone's highest and best good is. So let's stop shooting on each other. It's not your business. Let it go. Unless they ask you, don't tell them. Keep it to yourself. 
it's only your opinion. And your opinion doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we're talking about letting go now, which uh, is another one of the things that I wanted to talk about that you, you know, cover in your book. And letting go is something that takes some practice for some people. And, um, you know, letting, letting go can be beneficial in pretty much every way, whether we're letting go of something negative or letting go of a goal that we've been holding on to for a really long time or a really strong desire that we've been trying to bring into reality but are having difficult, difficulty doing it. And a lot of times it's because we can't let go of the ideal reality or the, the ideal image or version of that, that goal that we're trying to create. Can you talk a little bit about how important it is to be able to let go in some ways that we can practice getting better at it? Yes, and for me, Ian, it's always um, it has it has really helped me to understand the value in letting go because most of my adult life I have been operating from a make it happen, get it done way of being in the world. Letting go is a little bit different, and what we really have to let go of is control. When you really let go, you release it, and then you trust. I'm going to say, I'll use this example, it's almost like being in a restaurant. When you go into the restaurant, you sit down, you look at the menu, you decide what you want. The waiter comes, a waitress comes, they take your order, give your order, and you let it go. You trust that your meal is going to arrive at your table just exactly the way you said you wanted it. You trust that it's going to come timely, that it's going to be within a certain time frame. You trust that you're going to enjoy the meal when you actually get it. That's what we call letting go. The opposite of letting go is sometimes a little bit more descriptive and and that it helps us to understand what letting go is. So the opposite would be you place your order with the waiter, they take your order, they they leave. The next time you see the waiter, you you ask them, oh, wait a minute, you know what? Um, Are you sure that that fish is fresh? When was it caught? They explain the process that, yes, it's fresh. Okay, fine. That is not an example of letting go. Now you're trying to control the outcome. (laughs) The next time the waiter passes by, oh, by the way, I wanted to ask you, what kind of bread did you guys have? What kind of bakery did you get it? And you know what? I really want the sourdough. I do not want uh, sweet French bread today. Again, another example of trying to control the outcome. You haven't let it go. The waiter comes by again. Oh, by the way, do you have one of those steak knives and it's this brand that I need? Can you make sure that you bring me that? Now, now by now, the waiter's really frustrated because now you're being a pest, trying to control the outcome. Well, the way that we interact with source energy and manifesting is very, very similar. We place our order and then we refuse to let go. We're attached to how it should show up. And then we complain and we're upset because it didn't turn out the way that we want it. When we're in vibrational alignment, we just trust that we know that the law works. We've seen it work. Things come up that do not look like it's going to turn out. You've got to talk yourself back into it. Wait a minute. It's okay if you get upset that things don't look like they're turning out. But when you really make a practice of trying not to judge what happens and remind yourself, you know, You just have a conversation with yourself. Gosh, I'm really upset about this. It doesn't look like it's happening the way I thought it was going to happen. Okay, wait a minute. 
Diana, you don't want to go down that road. That road is not going to help you get what you want. Okay, wait a minute. Let me back up here. Here's what I know. Let me be a little bit more general. Okay, I know that spirit works. I know I've already done my part. I know it's going to unfold. I may not like it. I may not agree with it. I already know that the how is not my job. Huh, you know, let me just take a deep breath. I'm just going to accept and allow and allow and trust. We have to train ourselves into trusting. So how do we do that? Again, it's it's a habit of thinking. It's it's doing it on purpose. It's allowing spirit to work through us. And there are several exercises in the book that will help to facilitate that. One of my favorites is the lily pad exercise. And this is a guided meditation, by the way, that you can find on uh, YouTube on my channel. Um, and this is a, a guided meditation where you're, it's an experiential meditation. So we, you're actually going to have the physical experience of letting something go, whether it's something that you want to release to the universe and let it unfold the way it needs to, or if it's a past hurt, a way of being, or a person, whatever it is that you happen to, to want to let go of. It's an experiential five-sense uh, exercise in letting go. Sometimes you have to do it a few times. Some things are a little bit harder to let go of, but again, it's training your mind to perceive things differently. Sometimes, you know, ask for help, but ask, ask help where you know you're going to get it. Ask your inner being. That's where you're going to get your help from. Oftentimes we ask other people and they're giving us their own human 3D version well, you know, if it's not really facilitating the result you want, go within. Go within. That's your best resource is within. And going within is a is a really important thing to practice because that's one way that we can actually own our own power, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where real power comes from, not power over, but the power to create my life the way I want it to be to create my experience the way I want it to be, absolutely. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It could take you, you know, it can take you a year. It can take you a month. But you're going to be here for a month anyway, so why not just do it? Why not just trust? Very true. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people in the world, we, we do kind of lose track of that ability to trust it it becomes the world's very confusing and, and full of lots of mixed messages and you know it really comes down to choice doesn't it i mean when it comes to all the information that we take in and you know what we really choose that like the types of attitude we choose to hold what we consume how much of it is actually a matter of choice do you think I would say very, very little. Very few people actually are in true choice. Most people, I would say probably the majority of people on the planet, even those who um, appear to have uh, a better understanding or better grasp, a lot of it is our knee-jerk responses. Because we live in this 3D human world, that's part of who we are, and that's why we came here. We're not ever going to get rid of it. When we get rid of it, when we come to that place of 100% uh, absolute knowing, we'll probably just evolve right off the planet. But while we're here, we can expand our understanding of it. You know, Ian, I think one of the most valuable things that I've been learning in recent years is to be easy with myself. 
to really embrace my humanness and be amused by my humanness and not take myself so seriously. I have really come to enjoy this human personality that I've developed over the years. So I'm a lot more patient with myself. And there's another exercise in the book that I love. It's called Falling in Love. When you fall in love with yourself, you will more easily fall in love with other people and with life. And things gain a momentum, and you'll be guided to the right person, the right resource. No matter what it is you want to experience in your life, there is a cadre of energy beings around you that are ready and willing at your invitation to, number one, decide what you want. Number two, ask for help. But ask for help from within. That's, that's the first place to ask for help. And then you'll be guided to the exact perfect resource that will be perfect for you. So true. And there are yeah. a lot of resources. <laughs> very, very yes. true. Because we, you know, we, we really are never alone, are we? We are never alone. And that's kind of a hard pill to swallow sometimes, Ian, because when, when we're in crisis, um, that it, it, it's easy to feel alone. And, but those crises are opportunities for us to expand what we think we know. To, to understand something in a greater way. Yes, we are not alone. We are not alone, and it's so exciting. There's so many of us, and there's so much support. There's so much happening in on an energetic level. Really, when you just decide what you want and how you want to feel, the universe literally rearranges everything to bring that which you give your attention to. Literally, literally. Yeah, and I, I think that's um, that's a great segue into the topic of synchronicity because you know, in in my practice, these are these are things that come up a lot, especially synchronicity, because I always tell my clients when we start working together that now that you're turning within a lot more, now that you're paying attention and trying to form a relationship with yourself and your intuition, expect synchronicity to start happening. It's like flipping a light switch. You're probably going to start noticing more synchronicity today, tomorrow, the next day for sure. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, the way I see synchronicity is like it's the universe's way or spirit's way of letting us know that the universe is paying attention, that we're heading in the right direction, that this is a signpost saying, you know, that this might be a good path for you or something like that, something along those lines. Yes, absolutely. And, and here's the interesting thing, Ian. The, the synchronicities that are happening will multiply when we acknowledge them and feel appreciation for them. Right. Synchronicity, the synchronicity can show up in different, in different ways. For example, um, I'm really fascinated by how many times I just happen to glance at the clock and it's 111 or 222 or 1111, mm -hmm. et cetera. And I have come to associate that with spirit reminding me, we're here with you, we're guiding you, we're loving you. And again, it, the, the power in that kind of synchronicity is acknowledging it and being in appreciation of it. And even the small synchronicities will multiply and grow because of the attention and the appreciation that you give it. 
other synchronicities will be meeting the right person at the right time, being in the right place at the right time, having something just be given to you. Another example, um, I'm having this book translated into Spanish, and I, uh, I, I, I wanted to have it proofread, editing. And I ended up with the perfect person to edit this book. Ten years ago, it probably wouldn't have happened. She's doing it from her heart. She understands the message. She understands what I want to achieve with the book. And guess what? She's doing it for me at no charge. Wow. That's a synchronicity. Sure. That is a synchronicity. In fact, she is joining with me on an energetic level um, with the intention of what I want to do with this book. That's synchronicity. This interview is synchronicity. Um, things just happen. <laughs> things happen. And we can maximize those and create momentum by acknowledging them and appreciating them. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you. The more I thank Spirit, it's almost like an invitation, and you create this momentum, and you have more things to appreciate. You have more things to be grateful for. And it's almost, it, it seems like magic, but it's not. It's not a mystery. We're already doing this, but we're doing it from a negative perspective. It's called worry and stress. We'll start to think about something and maybe that uh, maybe upset us or that we're angry about or that we make somebody wrong about. The more we think about it, now the worse we feel, and the more we have to feel bad about. Now we have a conversation with somebody about it. We want them to agree with us because that person really did me wrong. Don't you agree? Look how bad they are. No, no, you don't even know. Let me tell you how bad they are. <laughs> now we've got, a new, we've got another kind of momentum. And then we wonder why we get into a car accident. We wonder why we stub our toe on the doorpost when we come in. We wonder why we cut our finger when we are making dinner. So all of those, everything that happens affects everything else. But are we paying attention? Are we paying attention? Not that we have to be a vanguard on our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. Make it easy. Just decide how you want to feel and then pay attention. Just pay attention. Well, if we're doing it already, we might as well do it right. Absolutely. Or, or maybe do it, do it in a way that allows you good. Yeah. Do it in a way that allows you good. I, I, I have a bit of an aversion to the word right because it's basically an opinion. But if we do what, do what allows you good. Do what feels good. Do what okay, feels so... Good. So let, let's talk a little bit about good then, because you have a, an exercise that's on your website that says that's about seeing the good, seeing God. Is that correct? Is that how it goes? That's my favorite. Yes. Find good slash God. Find good yes. slash God. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about that because I know it's on your website. Yes. Yes. I love this exercise. It's one of the very first ones that I began practicing uh, many years ago. And my favorite teacher, Reverend Betty Bailey, she has since left the planet. She's made her transition. She had a class, and this was the subject, Find the Good and Bless It. Well, I really resisted that because there are certain things in my life I was like, are you kidding me? 
no, you don't understand. There's, <laughs> there's nothing good about this situation. I cannot possibly see anything. And she would very calmly respond, there's always good in anything. You haven't looked hard enough. Look again. Next class. Well, Reverend Betty, I know what you said, but here's the thing. You don't understand what happened. You don't understand what this person did. And she would just calmly, again, to my great annoyance, say, keep looking, keep looking. So I started to practice. I surrendered that, okay, maybe there's some truth to this. And I would just randomly practice with seeing God. At, at that point, I didn't really know what God was, so that's why I used the word good slash God. Um, I would just practice seeing God. I didn't really understand what God was. I didn't want to put a label on it, so I would just imagine seeing a light of love in their heart center. So I started practicing doing that just with random people. Okay, maybe this person I was upset with, I couldn't find any good there. Okay, fine, let me take my attention away from that and start practicing seeing God in other people. And it was amazing what happened, Ian. My whole attitude shifted. My energy shifted. Um, I released weight. I felt good. Good things started happening to me, all from this one simple little find God slash good and bless it. Find the good and bless it. What happens is you train your mind to see things differently. And when you train your mind to see things differently, what you see begins to change. You don't even notice those other things anymore. It's a very, very powerful exercise. In fact, um, I want to make an offer to your listeners that I'm offering a free workbook download on my website. And it is a workbook to help us to understand and incorporate finding good God in our lives. So that will be a free download for everyone. Okay, good. Why don't you give your uh, website address out now then so that, you know, I'll, I'll give it in the beginning and end of the show, but if you give it now, that'd probably be sure. good reinforcement. Sure. You can go to www.vibrationmastery.com, V-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N, mastery m-a-s-t-e-r-y dot com and it's a very uh it's very simple it's a pdf that you can download for free great thank you thank you for providing that for us and our listeners my pleasure so you know now is uh time for my favorite part of the show and this is where i ask you diana Kaysen. If you had the opportunity uh -huh. to deliver a message to the entire multiverse, all of creation and all levels of reality, what would that message be? Because we are here that this is messages from the multiverse after all, and you're speaking to every consciously mm -hmm. aware uh, type of intelligent being out there in the entire universe, and this episode is going to be available to the end of time. So what would that message be? Well, thank you, Ian, for the opportunity to give this message, and I'm going to speak in the form of a prayer. Um, let me take a moment to just center myself and connect with Source. Thank you, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for sharing this experience of life on planet Earth with me. This is the call, my brothers and sisters. Let us know that the time is now. Let us awaken together. Let us be kind to one another. Let us be patient with one another. Let us 
recognize spirit and ourselves within one another. Let us go within. Let us shake off the shackles of society's beliefs and expectations and train ourselves to hear the voice within, for that is the voice of truth. Let us come together in love and light and bless one another and have fun on this journey. We take ourselves so seriously. Being human can be so fun when we're aligned with force. And it is my pleasure to be co-creating this experience with all being sentient, human, and otherwise. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Great. Well, there you have it, everybody. That's Diana Kaysen, author of Game Changers, Simple, Easy Tools to Shift Your Energy, Your Attitude, and Your Vibration in Minutes. Thank you for being on the show with us, Diana. I really appreciate you coming. I love your message. I love the book, and it was great to have you on. Thank you, Anne. Ian, and let me say I am in great appreciation for how you are serving the planet, and thank you for bringing this forum. That concludes our interview with Diana Kaysen. Her website is www.vibrationmastery.com. And she can also be found on Facebook under her name, Diana Kaysen. That's D-I-A-N-A-C-A-S-O-N. After our interview, Diana had some additional thoughts that she wanted to leave you all with on the subject of awakening. This was her message. Here's what I want to say about that, Ian. We often talk about and we label um, wake, awakening, waking up, and it means different things to, to different people. And it's almost become cliche-ish. But here's what I want to say. When people talk about waking up and when you talk about waking up, the most important thing that we can wake up to is that we are source energy living in a body on planet Earth. That is what we need to wake up to. That is, above all else, the most important awakening. Awakening to the truth of who I really am and who you really are and that we are co-creating this together. That is the true awakening. Everything else can be a form of entertainment because, you know, we talk, you know when we talk about, um, you know, disclosure, we talk about conspiracy theory, we talk about the cabal, etc., Really, it's entertainment. It's a way for us to distract ourselves from who we really are. And if there are other entities and beings that are in opposition of what we call awakening to the truth of who we really are, well, that's a microcosm mirror of what is happening on our own planet. It's almost like our political structure. There's so much bullshit, excuse me, happening. Well, when we give our attention and the news media wants to play it up and get your attention and get you talking about it and get you emotionally involved in it, well, it's, it, isn't that a mirror of what's happening on an energetic level with aliens, with ETs, with, um, with other beings, uh, sentient beings, those that are in alignment with source and those that are not? Isn't that just a reflection of what's happening on our own planet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as above, and so below. Absolutely. It's another reflection. It's another mirror. But what difference does it make if you expose somebody for what's really happening 
if you're not aware of what's happening within your own energy vibration, it's not relevant. It's just entertainment. It's a distraction. So to sum it all up, I'll use Diana's own words. Tend to your own vibration. Tend to your own vibration. I want to thank you all for joining us here and supporting the show. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest for Messages from the Multiverse, please contact us at messagesfromthemultiverse at gmail.com. If you wish to contact me directly regarding my hypnotherapy or shamanic practice, educational presentations and workshops, or speaking engagements, you can email me at ian at hypnotropia.com. That's I-A-N at H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A dot com. You can also learn more about me, this podcast, and Hypnotropia by visiting the website www.hypnotropia.com. Messages from the Multiverse is available for subscription on iTunes and Apple's iOS podcast app on your mobile devices and can also be found at soundcloud.com or on the SoundCloud app for your smartphone or tablet. It can also be found on hypnotropia.com and the Google Play Music Store. Until next time, honor and love yourselves, your fellow humans, and our planet. Be well.